the gospel according to Mark. Jesus said, The dominion of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. The sower does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once the sower goes with his sickle because the harvest has come. Jesus also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are at a party at a friend's house, and all the preparations were being made. The food was being laid out on the, the island in the kitchen and on the countertops, and people began to mill about and start filling their plates. But no one touched the shrimp, because it was quite obvious from their dull gray color, they were raw. Finally, I asked the hostess, did you know that you had put out a, a plate of raw shrimp? And she said, I didn't put it out, Bob did. And Bob is very colorblind. He didn't know that they were raw because he couldn't tell that they weren't their normal bright pink color if they were cooked. How could he? And when you think about it, how, how could you explain to him what the color of pink looks like? Or blue or yellow or any other color? In the same vein... If no one, if, if you're with someone who has never seen the ocean, how are you going to explain to them its beauty and its power? Where would you even start? Sometimes it is really hard to describe something for someone who hasn't had a chance to experience it, that, something that is not part of their reality and understanding. Like Jesus, teaching about the reign, the kingdom, the dominion of God. Not the most easily understood thing, is it? Now, as we proceed, let me begin by clearing something up for us. 
When Jesus talks about this reign of God, this kingdom of God, he is not talking about a place. He's not even talking about heaven. But rather, he's talking about a new set of circumstances, a new condition, a new state of affairs in which God's intention, in which God's desires for the world are being lived out. Now, Jesus didn't say this in the scriptures, but I think it's, it's clear by how he taught us about God's reign, God's kingdom, that this is true, and I love this. Maybe you've heard me say it before. The kingdom of God is usually different than we think, but always better than we know. The kingdom of God is usually different than we think, but it's always better than we know. And when you stop to ponder that a little bit, it's, it's a little hard to sort of get our heads around that. And so Jesus' understanding of this reign of God, this kingdom of God is, is so different and so new that he, he knew that he had to use a, a device that would help people grapple with it. So he, he would use illustrations, he would use stories to help make this come alive for people's experience. We call these parables. So what are parables? Why not just call them stories? Well, they are stories, illustrations, but of a, of a special type. The word parable comes from two Greek words. Surprise! The two Greek words are first para, which means beside, and balain, which means to throw. And so a parable is throwing one thing, say, God's kingdom on earth, against another thing, the way the world is. And when you throw those two things together, suddenly you begin to see the dramatic contrast between them. Jesus would often use very ordinary and everyday items as a way of explaining this, this contrast, this kingdom reality that he wanted people to understand. He didn't want to just explain it. He wanted to make it accessible for those who heard him teach. And so today, we have him using one of those examples. He's talking about a farmer who goes out and sows some seed in the ground. Well, people understood that. That was pretty plain. But then he talks about how that seed takes root and begins to grow. Without the farmer really understanding how or why, and without the farmer really doing anything at all about it. It's a mystery. Growth is a mystery, Jesus seems to be saying. And it happens whether we understand it or not. It's God's doing to make the, the seed sprout, to make the kingdom become a reality. And if we want those seeds to, to take root and grow in us, then we need to remember that it is God doing the work, not something that we can make happen on our own. 
Sometimes it's easy for us to, to get frustrated, to want to want to wanna give up and move on to something else. But if we just wait, if we're just patient and let God work in us, it may be that just about the time we're ready to walk away onto something else, new life will begin to sprout and emerge in us. Sometimes it takes longer than we expect. But God is at work in us, we can be sure. Then Jesus turns his attention to a particular seed, a mustard seed. And this one might be a little bit more familiar to us, and we might think we've got it all figured out. Big things come in small packages. But when we apply this to God's kingdom, to God's reign, maybe Jesus is trying to tell us that that our faith might seem very small, but God can use that faith to accomplish some pretty significant things. And that's important for us to remember. Because when we look around, we might not see much evidence of God's reign among us. Sometimes it seems so small and insignificant. But God, in God's time, can make it produce a pretty significant and abundant harvest. But you know, I'm not really always sure that the most obvious interpretation of a parable is the best one, is the one that Jesus is trying, the message Jesus is trying to get through to us. Parables can be kind of tricky. And when Jesus tells them, he does it not just to explain something, but rather to transform those of us who hear the stories so that we can begin to live into God's desire for us and for the world. So what if Jesus is being more subversive, being more radical when he tells us about this particular seed? You see, mustard seeds are not unique because they're so small. Mustard is an invasive plant. It's hard to control. It was always considered to be a very pesky plant, even a dangerous plant, because if it takes root and grows, it can overcome an entire garden. Jesus might be telling us the parable of kudzu today. And maybe that's the point. Maybe Jesus proclaims something that we can't control that God's reign is definitely not something that's safe, at least not if we are at all dissatisfied with the way things are. Rather, the kingdom comes to, to rattle the cages of the world in which we live, to, to reshape the kingdoms of this world. Jesus is making the radical claim that we see all throughout the scriptures that it's not Pharaoh and it's not Caesar and it's not a strong political leader or politics as we understand it and it's not economics that ultimately reigns in this world. God is the one who ultimately reigns over us. 
And he's telling us that God is already at work trying to move us not to be satisfied with the status quo, with the way things are, but to help us long for something, to, to, to long for a new vision of the small life that we're so often being fed these days. St. Paul describes it this way. He says, when we are in Christ when we are connected to Christ, when Christ is living in us, we are new creations. He also says that that, that means that we start reevaluating other people. We start reevaluating the ways of the world and how we see life. We start living by different rules different standards by which we measure what's, what's meaningful and what's valuable. We begin to take part in God's work in the world, the way God is trying to interject hope into this world. Hope that's not just meant to comfort and soothe us, but hope that will move us into action. And when we begin to take action, Sometimes even the smallest thing can produce amazing results. One morning in June of 1859, Henri Dunant was set out to determine, uh, determine to meet with Napoleon to get some assistance in a business venture he was starting. He arrived at the Italian town of Solferino, where Napoleon had his headquarters. He arrived just as one of the greatest battles of the 19th century had just concluded. Thousands of men lie dying and dead on the battlefield, and little was being done to help the wounded. Dunan was horrified by what he saw. And so he went into the town and and told the people that we needed to ra- they needed to rally together with him to go out and help those who were wounded and that's exactly what they did they went out all throughout the night and the next days to assist those who were wounded from battle he was shaken by this experience and, and decided he needed to write it down and he wrote a, something called the memory of solferino and he see in that in this writing he suggested that every country ought to have a a relief society, a a special group of people who would offer emergency aid to those who were either wounded or those who were in need. That idea took root throughout Europe. And five years later, the first such society was organized at the first Geneva Convention of 1864. They called it the Red Cross. Lots of people forgot who Henry Dunant was. He died as a pauper in a Paris hospice. But in 1895, someone wrote an article about him, and it was published. And then in 1901, Dunant was awarded the first Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts to establish the Red Cross, and later, the Red Crescent. Who knew? 
Who knew? But his hope of something better planted a seed that would grow to help millions upon millions of people all throughout the world. Isn't that a modern-day parable of what God desires for all of us? Doing something small that can produce a world of good? You and I may not consider ourselves to be parables of God's kingdom. But the truth of the matter is, whenever we see a chance to offer healing and wholeness and life to those around us, we are planting the seeds of the kingdom. A kingdom that's real, a kingdom that's uncontrollable, a kingdom that's unpredictable, but a kingdom that is real springing forth like a seed sprouting to life. A seed that reminds us that the kingdom of God is usually different than we think, but always, always better than we know. In Jesus' name, amen.